Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to this week's episode of The Nero Show. In today's episode... Cav hasn't broken the two-a-stage win record. Should we feel sorry for him? Ribbed technology, man bras. What is going on with the kits at the Tour de France? Chris Miller's gotten himself another bike. What's the spec? Why is he running it? And Jesse's back racing after a layoff and winning. How is this possible? All right, let's get into it. All right, Jesse, you are back racing your bike and you've triggered me, all right? You've triggered me and... And probably half of Sydney racing scene. So I feel like you, I feel like I'm representing all of them when I when I have a go at you here. Well, not have no. a go at you. But we're going to talk about this. No. So you did a crit on the weekend, an A grade crit down Heffron Park, and you won it. Congratulations, you. Thank you. And I, I wasn't that surprised, you being you. But I went back and had a look at your training. I think we can call it training. Yeah. Right? All right. So since the 28th of May. It's currently the 12th of July. You had done 11 hours on the bike. Yep. 11 hours. Okay. And you went on to win this A-grade crit. I look at it and I go, what's going on here? How can someone on that level of training win? Context. Context, context. What are we going off? Okay, this is coming back off. Now, why did I, not, why did I do 11 hours of training in a month? Well, because I broke my rib or injured my rib. We don't know what it is. So I had to have that time off. But the, here's the thing. The form I was in before that happened was probably all-time best crit form. Threshold, probably 400 watts. I had just done a 30-second best ever power. I was in great shape, right? Now, I, I estimate pretty accurately that over that month, so between 31st of May and that race I did on the 2nd of July, so about a month, I lost about 40 watts on my threshold. But when I lose 40 watts on my threshold, I'm still racing at 360, which for a local crit in Sydney is still enough power to get through to the end. Plus, because I was so fresh after having the time off, it's great for your sprint numbers. So I can still pull out a sprint out of my ass as long as I can make it to the finish. So but this is what I want to get into, right? Because... I looked, I did a deep dive and like your heart rate at moments, we're in the 200s, right? Okay. And early on, this is the thing that blows my mind. Early on in the race, there are moments where you've got that sort of heart rate in the first 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I Normal people, I would argue, their heart rate gets like that. There is no recovery. I know you've discussed this and you said, oh, look, the beginning was really hard. 
but then I was able to settle down to this other level and then produce something at the end, right? My my comment to you is that's that's un, that's surreal that you can normally get that high because the next step to a 209 heart rate is normally explosion <laughs> zones. That's really, by the way, with my heart rate, that's the highest heart rate I think I've ever seen, oh, God. which is weird because I'm getting older. You, I would expect my max heart rate to drop slightly. So I don't know what's going on, but... Yes, it was quite strange. I'm hitting like 202 following attacks 20 minutes in. But again, if you look at like the actual normalized power for the first 30, 40 minutes, it was only like 340, 350. So I can give me a few minutes down at sort of 300 watts and with a threshold still at 360 after that time off, I'm still getting recovery there and heart rate's coming back down. Okay, so... Yeah. Do do you see this in your coaching then? Like when you've got – because this – that level of training that you've done, obviously, like there's got to be doubts. But it looks easy. Oh, yeah, it looks easy. There's a, well, firstly, the the <laughs> there's a real competitiveness to some of these crits gotcha. in, in Sydney, especially yeah. in A grade. There's like me versus Jack Bennett. Mm-hmm. There's uh, – there might be like Mick versus – Lockie Harrigan. Mm-hmm. So even though the field sizes are relatively small, this is like tooth and nails racing because no one wants to see the other guy win. So in terms of the effort level, this is, I mean, you can see I'm hitting like 200 heart rate following attacks. It's like to the to the death just for a local crit. So there's that. But then there's also a tactical thing, which mm-hmm. is different, right? So I'm going into this race I've had time off so many times before. I know the story. You come in, your heart rate's higher, your power's lower. You have to race differently. So, so I come in, I didn't do a single attack that race, which is unheard of for me in a local crit to not do a single attack. So I came in essentially knowing how I was going to feel, knowing it was going to suck, knowing I'd still have a sprint at the end. So my goal was just try and follow everything and don't let anyone get away. And I'll probably be able to pull a sprint out of my ass. How but- do you... You have to know that going in. Like if I had gone in, I, I, I'm. If you go on Strava and you look, I'm. I'm probably. I'm one counter attack away from 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 getting dropped. Mm. So it's just a tac- The tactics tactics play into it. And if you're not as experienced, you probably go in and race how how you were racing a month before and get dropped. So there is. It's not. There is a sort of a method to the madness. I will say. How do you overcome the thing that? those first attacks occur or whatever it is, those first squeezes happen and it really hurts. And there's, you know, you know what I mean. I'm coming at it from the perspective of someone who, you know, it's really hard if you're going into a race where you know you're not prepared, Mm -hmm. you're up against people who are better prepared because, you know, people always say like, oh, you know, be confident in your preparation kind of stuff. You're trying to cheat the exam here is is kind of what's (laughs) happening, right? And so how do you... How do you cheat mentally? Well, it's pure ego. Yeah, then, okay. But that I think mm. that's where it's different between like an A grade and maybe a B grade. Mm-hmm. At least uh, maybe it's just me. I'm just maybe I'm just hyper competitive and everyone else <laughs> isn't as much. But I'm just like looking over, going, "This I, I will fall off this bike before I let the wheel go." Yeah. Because I don't want these two guys to get up the road. So it's just pure. Com- it's pure competitiveness. You probably don't get that, like. Ego versus ego style racing in like a div three or or div two. I mean, there's little tricks like generally, you know, when you're in really good shape, 
and your cadence is nice and high, you're on top of the gear, you're just floating, 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 100 RPM, nice and easy. Not the case when you're, you know, have a bit of time off. It's So it's a lot of like bigger gear. It's a lot of more muscular effort. So I'll, my cadence is generally a lot lower when I'm not oh, in good shape. And then like follow an attack, get on the wheel, and I'll just knock it down a couple of gears to to try and make it more of a muscular effort and tends to drop the heart rate a bit faster. So there is there is a, a style of riding that I will use and, and will kind of recommend when you're not in as a good shape. Yeah, you know, when you're in good shape, you're just like, <laughs> feels amazing. But And you can't really do that. So there is definitely a, a bit of a sort of a cadence trick, I would say. But that's that's minor, yeah. That's minor. I don't know. And then get to the end and then it's just a... And then it's just a sprint, which is... I suppose yeah. that's the big thing. Like for someone in your position, you know if you get to the you get to the final straight, you've got a shot at winning the race. Yep. So it's going to be a different mindset. But the problem... Here's the problem. The problem for you is if... Let's say your threshold's three, uh, 320 and you lose 10% in a month, which is sort of roughly what I lost. You're then down at what? Under two, under, under three hundred, you're in the two nineties, yeah. and unfortunately, two nineties in an A grade crit in Sydney, when it's windy, is not cutting the mustard. No, but again, like I'm just lucky in the sense that my ten percent drops still, I can still race an A grade race. Yep. And but again, all it takes is for it is winter, so the guys aren't in as good shape. All it would take is, you know, one one extra person who's in good shape, and I'm probably not winning that because they would attack and get away. So. Lack of circumstances too. Dan really wants me to take this into the whole, like, yeah, that's all good, all good and well, but, like, um, especially, like, when you did that video about your nationals prep and the thing that still blows his mind is this thing where you rode for, like, two months, three months. Yeah. And you just got, like, neatly, progressively (laughs) fitter, like, week by week by week. You did this one-hour interval yeah it was like every, five or ten watts a week five or ten watts yep. a week, and it was just this like curve well, not a curve it was just like this straight line for like three <laughs> months and that is just so irregular in normal people to see that consistency of irreg yeah i mean if i if you if, if you didn't ride for two months and i and you we got you full into training you would see a similar bounce back i would say no it's going to be to a lesser degree obviously in terms of raw amount of watts you would see that the only thing i would say is it's easy okay that's true it is a big increase but also i'm doing every, like especially at that period of time i was doing everything right yes it's like i was sleeping nine hours a night i was eating really well like i was purely training so it's easy for someone like dan who freaking goes to bed at 2am to go oh fuck oily jesus approved so fast i'm like you're sending this message to me at 1.30 in the morning. Like you're li- you're not in a good state to recover from training. So, okay, you could be jealous and say that I'm talented and I can just as easily go back and say, well, I can spot in 10 seconds ways that you could improve. So I don't know. I, yeah, definitely two sides to it. <laughs> I do kind of hate that sort of, oh, you're so lucky. Like it's so easy. I'm like, it probably looks like that, but like a lot of people are kind of soft in the sense that either mentally, I think as well, a lot of the time, and they'll just, they they don't seem to learn from experience. There's a lot of people that, 
uh, get sick, have a few months off, first race back, they've written themselves off before they even get in there. Oh, you know, mm. power's a bit down. Oh, geez, my heart rate's a bit high. You start the race, the heart rate's on there. Oh, I'm already at 175. Oh, shit day. Oh, shit legs. Oh, go home. Bruce, there's definitely, there's definitely, yeah, a way to deal with racing when you're not in great shape and a way not to deal with it. And a lot of times it does take being a, essentially trying to just turning the brain off a bit, not being so soft, looking at the numbers and worrying about how you're feeling and just, just rip it, Yeah. Playing the race that's in front of you. Does that, does that actually really happen quite a bit? The people will be really paying attention to, to their numbers in races oh, and yeah. Okay. Right. All the time. Majority yeah. of the time. Yeah. I, some of the people I coach, I'm literally saying, please stop looking at your heart rate. Please stop yeah, looking right. at your power. Like you've had two weeks off. Your power's lower. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It'll come back. For now, you've got to race on Saturday. So just toughen up and go and race and try and enjoy it and race well. Stop dwelling on, oh, my heart rate. Oh, it's gone down a bit. Oh, my heart rate's a bit high. It's like, yeah, your heart rate's fucking high. You had three weeks <laughs> off. Don't like, oh, God, it, it, it is a wind-up. So not. I don't know if that's necessarily someone being soft, but there's definitely an element of, a lot of people are just way too in their head and there is definitely a time and a place for that, for that analytical side. There's also times to throw that shit out the window and just race. But so much of, so much of your confidence in that is the fact that, you know, like you're a, like, I don't know the term for it, but like a life athlete type stuff. You do know yourself very well. You know how you're going to react. My argument would probably be to a lot of these people that that's kind of an unfamiliar place for them to be. And it's probably not a very comfortable place for them to be. So whereas you can push through that with the confidence that, yeah, you know, you'll recover, this will come back, this this is fine, this is what I'm doing right now. Mm. Potentially it's just that really uncomfortable feeling, I don't want this anymore, get me out. Mm. The easy excuse is I didn't, I didn't race well. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how you learn. Yeah. You can only learn that by experience. But there's, again, even in that, there are some fast learners. There's... Like the thing, I'm not going to name people. There's people I'm thinking of that they learn this stuff quick. One race, bang, they learned that lesson and they'll never repeat it. Mm. And there's other people where every every it's just a cycle and repeat, and they don't they don't learn as fast, unfortunately. Mm. So there's definitely there's quick learners and there's slow learners. And if people just you know to pu- pulling back from your own experience and just tr- try and be on the faster side of the learning scale um, will be a lot better. And that's I mean this is only one one example, but yeah, coming off r- racing when you're not in as good form. How to get through that is is experience. See, I actually quite I I prefer when I'm coming back from sickness or not not being riding to use racing a bit as intensity because I yeah. find that far less of a mental fuck up mm. than me doing a VO2 effort and looking down and going, oh God, what what I can't. These numbers are terrible. Yep. I'm not going to do the next set oh, of these. I've lost so much. Oh, yeah, I'm 15 like, watts oh, off. Oh. It's terrible. Like, yeah. <laughs> and whereas if I'm in a race and I'm just trying to hang on to your wheel or whoever it might be, I'm like, whatever. This is this is what I'm dealing with now. Get get it done. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that you'd hope so. But then there's people in that situation. They'd be looking down at their heart rate on on the head unit, and three laps in, they'd probably go, "Oh, I'm already at yeah, I'm already at 180. Oh, it's not a good day. Oh well. Next attack goes. Oh." Oh well, I'll come back in a few weeks when I'm fitter again, and yeah. they've just wasted a race. So that I'd say that what you're describing there is in, the, at least from what I see, is generally in the minority. I do think with like every time I come back to thinking about this stuff, how lucky we actually are to have this stuff here. Yeah. Like I remember because I was down south during the week, and someone's like, "Oh, the riding's so good down there. You know, oh, I could live down there easily." <laughs> and I'm like, 
I don't think I could. I mean, there, there's some really nice writing. That's that's very true, but I don't. That, I, that wouldn't get me off. You also can't get it online. It's one of my gripes with Zwift. So Zwift is great. You can if you're okay. Maybe you don't race on the road, but maybe you do Zwift races. Um, which are great. My dad does heaps of Zwift racing. But the problem with the Zwift race, the power's on the screen the whole time. Mm. So you never escape it. So mm. um, even if I was if I was more of an indoor guy and I was doing lots of Zwift races and I had to have a few weeks off, I'd be taping over that. I can't believe there's no setting to hide the power on Zwift. Really? There isn't? All right. As far as I'm aware, okay. unless they've updated recently, mm. that power is always there staring at you in the face. Mm. I would literally be taping over the TV screen because that's, geez, imagine coming... You're coming back from a race and you're just staring at that. Oh, yeah. They no, need like a – they need – um. if anyone ever played Call of Duty and you go have hard, hardcore mode where the, the heads-up display is all minimal, they need that for Zwift. Yeah, hardcore Zwift race mode. Yeah. Quick shout to uh, Waratah Masters who have taken my – our uh, – what would you call it? Um Recommendation potentially, <laughs> and have uh, we now have A, B, and C grade? We've got rid of A two grade, which is uh, news just in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. and they're allowing under thirties to race masters, which I kind of think's whatever gets more people racing. I kind of like it. So what's happened with the guys that were in A two? I've seen a, this is they've either gone down to B grade, totally fine. If that's if if that's sort of where you're actually at, was probably B grade. But then there's guys that were in A two mm-hmm. now in the A grade race who are getting in the break, and this was one we did at Heffron a month and a half ago, and the guys that were in A2, they're now in the break, you know, in a group of four of us off the front with a guy that used to be racing A2. He's now in the mix with A grade with pretty much like national road series level riders. That is sick. So I think that's a good result. Sure, if you don't have the legs for it, just go down to B. If you sort of do have the legs for it, you're now racing with the top riders in the state. Freaking how good's that? And it changes the dynamic of the racing. It's so good because my gripe with Masters Racing, especially age group Masters Racing, is it can be very negative. It can it can just be a weldathon, And to throw a bunch of under-30s in who are so used to a far more aggressive style of racing, I've seen, I've seen it myself. Guys who were in that kind of A2-ish bubble have all of a sudden gone, oh, shit, the first 20 minutes is just everyone attacking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Like... Hang on, don't hang on. Oh, follow that guy. What? I'm in the move. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. I'm big, big fan of it. And uh, hopefully it hasn't pissed off. I mean, there's going to be people who, yeah, probably will drop drop to B grade, but that'll suit them just as well. Mm, definitely. What do you reckon, guys? Getting back to fitness using racing, mindset behind it, what do you think? Chris, you were just whinging about how you were sick of riding a factor because everyone asked you how it rides. Then you got onto a no-name bike with a wrap. Rode that for a couple of weeks and now you're on another bike. What the hell is going on here? How much are you getting paid here? Oh, big dollars, man. Big what? dollars. No, no. I don't no. understand. You just came on a few weeks ago and we're going, oh, I'm sick of riding these brands and everyone wants recommendations. I'm going, no brand. I'm going, no brand. I'm going, wraps. I'm going, cold turkey. And now we're back on brands. <laughs> what, do you want to get into the brand chat? Like, yeah, quite, quite. I do s- want to chat. I do want to go through the spec. Okay. But I do 
What do you? What, the, the why, branch why are we here the, again? Okay. The the reason. <laughs> I just think this is kind of navel gazing. But anyway, the reason <laughs> I did the. Everyone's going to be wondering the same thing in the comments. Isn't this this guy that was sick of writing brands and now he's back on brands? He was sick of writing a factor and talking about a factor when factor didn't give a shit about him. Okay. Okay. And like whatever. Yes. Yep. yep. No, I back yep. you on that. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, toughen up in the comments. S- toughen fair up. Enough. Yep. Yep. So. Uh, chapter two, we're like, would you like to ride this bike? Yep. We'll send it out to you. Talk, tell us what you think of it. Don't give a shit. You don't have to do a review, but we'll back you and support you with 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 a frame. I was like, okay, that would be nice. I'd like to do that. Okay. Same thing with the wheels. Same thing, Same with, thing the wheels. with the wheels. Yes. Reserve. Um, would you like to try these wheels? Yes, I would like to. I'd actually, not to say anything bad about the chapter two frame i think it's a great frame it actually rides quite similarly to the to the factor i am kind of more interested in the wheels yep because of wout van art wout van art and with just the internal wind rim width so look to, to finish off the brand stuff my group set um i i'm kind of happy to to ride a bike when those brands are like you know what here you go Talk about our stuff if you want. Positive, negative, don't give a shit. But we know you exist. I just can't hey. believe that that you're just happy to just change. Oh, I would do my head in changing bikes, and then you got to f- dial the fit in and get comfortable on it. And oh, I agree. You, that is, I agree. Yes, <laughs> I it is a so total, It is a shit show. I agree. But then what would we talk about? At least Jessica it's not changing Oil? shoes. But you were going through a shoe I stage there. I was going through cleat gate every second ride. So anyway. The thing that gets uh, I'm interested for you to ride these is these, they're pretty much gravel wheels. Mm. I mean, you guys can't see, but the width, I was riding behind you in the park. You're on a gravel bike at this stage. That rear tire is, is just okay. unbelievable. And it sounds, you were riding next to me and it sounds like you're on a mountain bike. Right. I, I want to start. I don't know. Just quickly, where are we can I just quickly give you the specs on this? Y- All right. Yep. Because... So we're looking at a 25 mil internal front and a 24 mil internal rear. It's a 53 deep front and a 63, but it's it's that rim width that's sort of crazy. So I've got a 28 Conti on the front and I've probably gone a little bit too far and gone a 30 on the rear almost just to sort of troll you in the end. Because you don't need it with such a wide rim, right? No. Those, so those are, that's wider than Envy, yes. right? Yes. This is like the widest road wheels you can get, pretty much. I'm not willing to make that blanket right. statement. Oh, but I, okay, well, I'll say, because I, I went through and looked at a whole bunch of wheels the other day, and these were the widest by one or two. Most modern-ish rims are like 21 internal, 23 maybe 23. for the wider ones, for like the Envies, 24 and 25, like <laughs> it's so, so wide. The perfect the perfect setup on that would be a twenty eight and a twenty eight. But you asked me, yeah. you asked me why I did this, right? In the beginning. You're like, <laughs> why are you changing bikes? You're an idiot, blah, blah, blah. You liked your old bike, etc. etc. You're right. You're dead right. You did like that. I do other like bike. I do like it. hundred percent The Nero bike. Yes. The reason I'm doing this, apart from giving us something to talk about, is what if there's something in this? All right? Like I'm coming at it from the perspective of this is very different, I think, to what I've ridden before. Mm-hmm. Seemingly, they're, like the full Kool-Aid are trying to get us to do this. Like if you read all the marketing hype 
This is what you should be doing. Fatter, wider, lower tire pressure. That is the thing to do. YouTube is a thing that I do, yes. But before that is a cyclist, right? And I wanted to know, is there a couple of percent in this? Ultimately, that's mm-hmm. actually all I really want to know. Okay. Okay. Okay, one thing on the wheels. Well, you, I don't know if you know. It doesn't even have bladed spokes. Almost certain I remember the peak talks of the world saying aero spokes are faster. They use a CX Ray 2.0 bladed spoke. Fact check. Fact check? Confirm. I'm going in for closer inspection. Oh, wow. Back to the microphone, Jesse Paul, announcing. That is, in fact, a bladed spoke. There you go. So you're right. You are right. In comparison <laughs> to the DT Swiss wheels, mm-hmm. they are certainly not as. Bladed. I had to go in with a magnifying glass to see the bladedness of the spoke. Yep. Okay. The other non-aero factor is the external nipples. Yes, and I can that, see the nipples. That's confirmed. <laughs> that is a, I suppose, a nod to maintenance. That's good. Really. Rate that. Yep. That's easy. But I remember on those borers in oh God, break a spoke, good luck. Same with the same with the DT Swiss wheels. They yep. were uh, internals. Okay. Um, yeah. So look, there is a nod to that. I find with these wheels, like there is so much. This is potentially a totally different chat, but I'll yeah. talk about it anyway. There is so much marketing chat about their research and development. It's hard not to buy into it. Yeah. Like the the actual. Uh, website has a really good video about you know these years of of tunnel of testing not just tunnel testing all this on the road testing the rigged up motorbike with the sensors and all this yeah you're going geez if you couldn't do all this and not make a faster wheel you would have thought (laughs) you'd have to be something in it like even if you just paid a film crew to go and film some guys making it look like they were doing Mm r&d i'm bored into it i i still am confused why if the tour yumbo are running the s5 with a 30 or 40 mil version of these. So there must be something in the width and how that works with the flow, blah, blah, blah. There's got to be something in it. Otherwise, I don't understand why Yumbo wouldn't be running 50s on most of the stages. So that makes me think there's something there. They wouldn't be running it unless they tested it. I feel like we're really late adopters to this. Um, There's people... No, no, no. I, I do think that. It's like... Especially in the UK, I I totally get why everyone in the UK gave up 25s decades ago. I totally get it, right? I know those roads. I 100% understand why you do it. But for all the riding that we do here, it's, yeah, it is potentially a bit of overkill. Can I give a little, like, half dozen ride report? Go on. Is that a, is that a thing, what you sure. do? All right. Two specific things. First one. Up above 30 k's an hour. You know, like there's that patch of road right at the end of Wakehurst Parkway. So you're getting to right towards the end of it. You're in the shoulder. You've probably been like in the aero position for like 15 minutes coming along that sort of section, maybe a bit less. And it's, I don't know if you've been there in that long, but it's like super rough. And it's, you can't see the roughness because there's sort of a shadow over that road. And I've always tend to find myself like get to that part of like, it's the last K and you're like bouncing along. You're like, I hate my life. Mm. And you tend up sitting up, that kind of thing. On these wheels at this tire pressure around sort of 50, 55, floated over it like it was a dream. Okay. Mm-hmm. 100% advantage. Oh my God. There's so much advantage to doing this. Mm-hmm. 
around Acuna Bay, coming up the steep side of Acuna Bay, not riding full gas, riding sort of endurance up that sort of side, so I'm less than 20 k's an hour. You know it's that kind of rough chip and seal. It's not loose gravel by any means, but it's it's bumpy, uneven kind of surface. And at that speed, yeah, it felt like a slug going up there because I felt that additional weight almost felt like the tyres were kind of almost glued to the to the right. road going Wait, up that because kind of thing. what because the rim's heavier because it's wider and because the tires are heavier because they're wider and well, they've got more sealant in there yeah so the guys at Cache built this bike for me king of the chop himself Jesse mm-hmm. Edwin Brits Airpod man Airpod man he built it up for does me does he wear him in the shop he does you don't know who he's speaking oh, to oh yeah it's, it's Apple watch everything it's just like yeah chatting away and then <laughs> they're all at it none of them actually converse yeah. to each other they just walk around yeah. sort of voice memos in voice messenger memos. yeah Actually, Grant, stop using voice memos. <laughs> the most annoying form of communication. As it sits there with the 30 and the 28s, it's about 7.6 kilos. So there's there's a weight disadvantage to what I'm doing there. Like if I went and put 25s on it, I'm probably going to lose 200 grams off the whole setup because remember you're bumping in a lot more sealant. by, by The Pog's running him. He's on 30 rear, isn't he? 28? Well, then this is a whole other question, right? This is, did you see any of Ronan McLaughlin's article during the week? Yeah. Yeah. Essentially the 28. They're all is, on 28. Is the the new 23. Like, well, it doesn't surprise done. me. I need to, like, you go bicycle rolling resistance, they've tested the GP5000 at 25, 28, 30. They've ballparked the same rolling resistance. So I'm, I mean, it's not even an anti-Jesse Coil bike because I'm on, I'm on board for wider tyres. If I could fit nice wide 28s on my TCR, I'd run them. But I can't. I've got a 28 on the rear, but on a relatively uh, narrow internal width rim, so it doesn't blow out super wide. So I'm, I basically run as wide as I can on my TCR rim. If I could fit wider, I would, but I can't. So that's probably – I'm, I'm 100% on board. It's a no-brainer. It's more comfortable and it's the same speed. So the – I think this is where you will eventually end up going disc. Oh, 100%. And it's yeah. – it's n- Well, actually, yes. Well, no. Well, mm. Okay. So hear me out. Hear me okay. out. Right? <laughs> so I don't think it's just the tyre width. I think it's going to be the wheel development, right? Mm-hmm. And I see this a lot where your rims are designed to do two things – this rim's designed to do one thing. So your rims are obviously, they're keeping the tire on and they're stopping you. These are only keeping the tire on. And I feel like that's where this is going to, I I don't think we're stopping at 20, 24 and 25 as the, as the tire and the rim sort of technology moves along. Mm -hmm. That's where we're going to head. So even the shaping, right? The, the whole, this, the reserve make this whole thing about like the way they've shaped the the rims that they're two very different shapes the front wheel and the rear wheel mm-hmm. you can't do that on a rim brake bike yes because you've got a brake track that mm-hmm. needs to be kind of I the good thing for me is I, I it's not there yet I mean the thing eventually I'm gonna be sick of having to run 25 mil tires because they're not going to be as comfortable and that's probably going to be the thing that makes me change to a disc brake bike. I, it's not there yet, though. I'm looking at that bike. I'm still going, no thanks. 
but give it another couple of years and everyone's running 30 mil tires and they're going just as fast as me and I'm kind of getting beaten around a bit, I'm probably going to have to to swap over. I don't think it's there yet though. I still think the benefits of the of my bike all in balance, I'm still picking mine. But it's it's getting there. I wonder it is what the there. tipping point will be for you. I wonder what the moment will be. Like whether it's the cri- the crits that we were talking about, like will it be someone riding away from you and you going, "Oh, shit. I I used to be able to, like, I wonder whether that, or it's just going to be a feeling thing. I don't, I think it's going to be, it's going to take a situation like, like this. Some brand will come over to you and go, right, Jesse, we really want you, and you respect them, saying, we'd love you to ride this bike for a couple of months. Now, I know you, you're like, oh, I don't have to change my position. Oh, my cleats. Oh, my saddle. I don't think of anything worse. Yeah, and then, but they'll make it kind of easy for you, and then you'll get on it. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, we'll see. And you ride around Centennial Park and you'll go, oh, no, it's about the same. But then you'll actually go for a ride outside of Centennial Park and mm-hmm. you'll go, oh, okay, I get it. Well, if I move – I'm not planning on moving, but if I did move out of Sydney somewhere with rougher roads, it would probably speed up the process. The good thing mm-hmm. is I don't really ride on rough roads. I ride in Centennial Park and I race crits. That's very true. I will happen- I could run 23s. I don't care. 100%. So if, if my riding situation changed, that might speed up the process. But for now – you be the guinea pig for me. Ultimately, I think this bike I'm will be... I'm quite happy not going there yet. Ultimately, I think this bike would be slower for me at Centennial Park, potentially. Really nice road surface. Not that I, I need to go fast there, but I do yeah. I do feel like it's probably going to be a bit a bit slower there. Um, I will mention, so obviously I just did such a massive deep dive on the whole tyre width thing before I went down this route, right? <laughs> And I tried to do I tried to do as full a YouTube deep dive as I could, oh and it does result in you ending up watching a lot of Peak Talk videos. Yes, we desperately want to get him on. If you are listening, PT, please come and help us. Um, but so his video that he did, where it was the the wide tires versus the narrower tires, I think he was actually comparing like twenty eights to thirty twos across multiple sets of wheels. The, the outcome was that it's all about the marriage between the tyre and the rim in mm-hmm. terms of aerodynamics. And then when it comes to rolling resistance, there was much of a muchness across the, the 28 and the 32. Very, very, very similar. So, yeah, again, bigger guy on a flat road. I'm not surprised by those, by those results. But the takeaway from me is if you're not losing too much, yeah, why not try it? Mm-hmm. And look, if I don't like this, I hate this setup, I'm... Uh, this is actually coming back to your original question. I'm not going to have any issue saying that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see. And that was important in sort of doing this kind of thing. You're watching the Tour de France. It's a bike race currently on. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good, hey. So, it's, okay, how do I – yeah, all right. So, walking the dog. It's what I do now, walk the dog. Yep. And down there and ran into a neighbour. Neighbour, couple, a couple of doors down. Were they okay? That was good. Did yes. you knock him over? No, no. He's, he's, oh, yes, I see what you mean. Very good. Uh, no, Peggy's not that kind of dog. Okay. Actually, no, Peggy is that kind of dog. He started asking me about the tour, like, you know, general sort of tour chat. Oh, what do you think you're watching, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And then the, the conversation got pretty pretty detailed. Like, oh, Pogacar last night, oh, big turnaround from him. Like, looks like he's come good. The team is sort of changing their tactics. And knows what he's talking about. This is interesting. And so we, I asked him like a little bit like, oh, I see, do you watch much cycling? Mm-hmm. He's like, no, 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 no. Only watch the tour. I'm like, all right, cool. 
Yeah. So no interest in any cycling at all throughout the season, that the sport doesn't exist until July, mm-hmm. right? Now, this is not someone who's watching it for the castles or the tourist shots. Like, he's a sports fan, I would regard him as, okay? Mm-hmm. So, um, yet knows knows the protagonists, knows sort of the teams, knows a bit about team tactics and, and all that kind of stuff, but his only reference point really is what happened in last year's tour. The fact that Tade won... Uh, Tour of Flanders this year, that didn't happen. It's not a thing. And I find this fascinating because there's a lot of, I don't know how the tour has done this. Maybe it's just because it's in mainstream media or whatever it is. But this guy's cycling world, this guy's sporting world is cycling for the next three weeks. Mm -hmm. And he loves it and he's into it. Do you have anyone like that in your life? Uh, Yeah, a few. I mean, I I might be similar to this when the, Soccer World Cups on, couldn't couldn't name five Premier League teams. Actually, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not even that in. Well, to us, not probably to that degree. Seems like he's really committed. But I'll I'll kind of float into, you know, when the Super Bowl's on. Oh yeah, you know, stick my head in, and I will, again couldn't name five NFL teams. Um, so the big events. Do manage to do that? I don't know. I don't know if this. It's just he's like seems like he knows a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know how you'd manage to get that much information on the sport without watching. Maybe he's lying. I reckon he's lying. There's no way he knows that much about the stories if he just tunes in for the tour. So I went deeper. So I was like, "Oh, did you watch the Netflix thing? No, 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 no that kind of stuff." So, but I asked him. Well, I didn't ask him. I suggested. Did he? You know, obviously you're into it. Why don't you go and listen to um, the Nero show? The, the Nero show for all your. Uh, <laughs> Tour de France updates. Why don't you listen to Lantern Roos to give a bit of a tactical kind of thing on it? He's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go. Anyway, so followed up with him. Hated it. Oh. Hated it. So <laughs> obviously hit that crossed the threshold into too far. Too far. Mm-hmm. Um, like didn't dislike the guys, but just the content was not, not relevant no. to him. He wants a Matt Keenan yes. wrap-up. Yes. Not a Benji Narsen wrap-up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I just kind of like, and it's so easy for us to kind of sit down and bemoan like commentators and things, but they obviously know their audience. Mm. Like this guy is their audience and that's, it's a perfect outcome for them. Mm. I just, I don't know. I think the reason I brought this up was like, is there a way to get this guy watching more of the sport or is, or is this, is a done deal, do you think? I don't uh, no. I don't know. No, I don't think so. No. Mm. And uh, it helps that the two is on our night time. So it's so easy to watch the first hour and they're probably softer on the commentary, more inviting on the commentary. So it's, yeah, easy easy to get into. The timing is good from that. Like he will, yeah, you're right. Tune in eight, nine o'clock and, pro- and watch the whole, he'll watch the whole stage. What? Whole stage. There's, oh, Jesse, there are so many of these people. We are, we are so, we are pathetic. In our, and I get this a lot from people like, why aren't you watching the whole thing? Like half, half my mates who <laughs> don't watch cycling will watch all the stage, all the stage. I actually feel really sorry for the Americans because they missed the start of the stage. The start of the stage for them is at like 2 a.m. or 1 a.m. I think. Uh, maybe not 1 a.m. Uh, like 3 a.m. I think. So they miss, they miss the best part of the stage in my opinion. I love the first hour. The first hour is sometimes the best. I think we've got it perfect. We get to watch the best racing and we come in and just see how it ended. Yep. The Americans wake up and they've missed 
they've missed Pocket Char and Finger Guard following early moves. It's it's yeah. I feel I think we were really lucky. I do f- the the doping chat though. I I kind of f- flop back and forth. I spend ninety percent of my time. I try not to think about it too much, but when I do, ninety percent of the time, I think maybe I'm naive, but I, I go, yep. I think most of the guys are aren't taking anything and the reason they're riding so fast is from other advancements and I'm more happy. And then 10% of the time I flop back and I go, what are the chances that th- the top guys are all still absolutely taking the piss and laughing at the chat that says the majority of the Pelons, Peloton's natural? I mean, there is a universe where the top guys are just full on the source and and that's why they're doing seven and a half watts per kilo for 15 minutes or whatever the hell they're doing. I don't know. I struggle. I I'm flop. like you. I, I, I flip flop, flop on it. I didn't like to, I'm getting to the point, like what's the point of talking about it? Cause I don't have a take. No, I have no take. No. I'm anti take. Like I'm, I don't have insight. I'm the same as you. I go from watching someone riding away from the bunch going, Oh, he's glowing. This is a joke. <laughs> to next minute and I've got I've got this written down I want to talk about it like next minute it it's like if today wins this tour I think we I think we need to start having the conversation about the greatest of all time and if not that at least the greatest season of all time this year mm-hmm. it's it's got he it. cannot win there's no way he's gonna win I, I if he wins if he wins I uh, don't we have under, to have the conversation the, it, we're in bizarro world. I don't understand how. And this chat bugs me as well. The chat that oh, he was lucky that he broke his hand because it forced him to rest and then he accidentally tripped and fell into good form. It's like this guy's, you would think the team want this guy to win the tour so his whole season would have been perfectly structured to be in best possible form for the tour. This chat that the breaking of the hand and the five weeks on the trainer or whatever it was, somehow puts him in better form, I don't quite buy into. There's no way that his coaching staff and the sports zone staff are, are that far off the mark that an injury puts you in better form. Come on. Really? No one actually believes that, do they? Yes, they, oh, oh, yes, right, they okay. do. Okay. I read it all the time. Okay. All the time I read that. Yeah. Oh, he was lucky he crashed because he was coming in too hot. He, he did too much. As if, he's got, like, as if this stuff's not planned out. That's definitely a, a, a talking point. Mm. So if he like if if Tade does manage to, to now I don't think it's going to happen, but if he does manage to to get more time back on him and win, imagine what he would have won by if he had actually had the perfect run in. Yeah, I I don't uh, I don't disagree that it will be amazing. I I will go further and say that if he does win, then we need to start having the conversation about where he ranks as an athlete in the world, like across all sports, mm. because I think we're getting to that. We're getting to that point. We, we haven't seen, we haven't seen this level of competitiveness, winning competitiveness for throughout an entire season mm. like this before on the back of what he's done previously. Mm. I mean, I, I just kind of bugs me that someone like Nike and stuff haven't got around this guy yet because he's, He's, he's an awesome character as well. I don't know if you watch much of like, he's a little smart ass in the background. Like there <laughs> was a reel of him like riding around with like baguettes on the, the, the rest day. Like he's the most anti-serious 
GC guy around there, which I don't know whether that makes me even more skeptical that he's like, ha, <laughs> I, got, I got you guys all stitched up because I know what I'm doing in the background. But, yeah, I just – I'm totally falling in love with the dude, essentially. Sorry, Liz. Oh. I, I really am. I think he's, I think he's <laughs> bloody good for the sport and I would like to see the Vingegaard versus Tade thing really blown up and you have to choose a side. I think that would be really cool. I've chosen a side. I'm Team Vingegaard. I know you are. Yeah, yeah. I just can't wait for that. We need these back-to-back stages. We need hot days. I want Vingegaard to put him to the sword and just be done, done with it, and put take three minutes on a stage. No, he needs to. It's got. It's going to happen. I'm saying it. It's going to happen. It it's, has to happen in yeah, my brain. I can't, otherwise, I don't know. It's the most likely outcome. Yeah. It is definitely the most likely outcome. Which, which is why I. Starting, or I'm rooting for for Tade. It's You're rooting for the opposite. Hundred percent. Okay. I'm I'm hundred percent, hundred percent on the the Tade bandwagon. Okay. I, as I said, I'm yep. asking him to marry me. I, okay. I am. I'm a full. I'm a full frother. Oh, okay. Yep. I do feel like the two camps are forming. It's Vingegaard's on the dark side. You know, he's not doesn't have the personality, and then Tade is the the fun side. Everyone wants to see the fun guy win. I'm on the the. Uh, What's it called? The, the Star boring, Wars thing. Serious. Yeah. You're the on Death the Death Star. You're on the Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's more. I'm on that side now. So that's yeah. what I was going to ask you. Like, who you support? What does that say about you? So that's that's the answer. Ooh, is oh, it? don't psychoanalyze yeah, me. That's oh, good. okay. Uh, t- team, team, Tade, team, team, um, team, Bingo. I feel like if you're going to win the tour, you need to be a depressed. I hate my life, <laughs> but. I'm doing it because I want to win the tour. You can't have both. You can't be partying and having fun and win the tour. It's not fair. You got to you got to be suffering like a dog, and then you get your just desserts at the end. Yeah, there's definitely room for because with like Sagan retiring, Sagan was the coolest cyclist. Oh, we didn't talk about this when it yeah, came up. Yeah. How he got he got had a DUI the other week. Oh, did he? Like two weeks before the tour, oh, he no, was pissed cool. as a skunk on his scooter driving uh, around Monaco. I think it was. Yeah, no, I'm done. not condoning drink driving, <laughs> uh, but he, and he's I, I no because I had just called him to win a stage at the tour, oh, just, and then literally three days later, it's like Peter Sagan DUI. I'm like, oh god, there goes that pick. It was after he um crashed out at, at the nationals. Oh right, okay. Yeah, and yeah. he must have gone. Oh well. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> up. Oh, sorry. Yes, where, where were you going uh, with that? Well, apart from his DUI, like are the coolest cyclist, probably the last decade, right? Yep. I. Feel like he certainly cut through in the US. Um, I don't know, just the style of winning and I don't know whatever it is. Is who is that now? Is it Tade? It's is or is the is the is the coolest cyclist award vacant? I think it's vacant. I feel like Vanderpoel kind of has a a following, but it's it's a frothy following, not a not a. It's cool not a Sargon level, is yeah. it? Yeah, no. I don't know, I, but I. And and Tade's he's probably a bit quirky. To, well, mm. Sagan's the king of quirky. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there's there's definitely some room there. Mm-hmm. Certainly not Jonas, sadly. <laughs> um, Come on, Jonas. Come is on. is a Red Bull sponsorship the coolest sponsorship you can get in cycling? Oh no? yeah, yeah. Is Wout the only one that has a Red Bull? How does he get it? Like, how did that happen? Any roadie? Yeah, definitely. I don't know. Roadie. He's a secret club. Yeah. I don't know. Do they just get? Do you just get a DM yeah. from Red Bull's Instagram page? And it's like, 
Where's we won't o- have a meeting. Where's the open EOI? <laughs> apply to become a, a ambassador. ambassador. <laughs> I would like to apply, please. Um, I know one person who froths that more than ever. Oh, who's that? Mr. Vegan. He's chasing it. Oh. Mm. He wants oh, one. okay. He wants one. Yeah. All right. Let us know down below, guys. Coolest cyclist in the peloton. Tade, team Tade, Team Vingegaard. I'll just add, we don't know him that well because we're in the western side, but I think Rigoberto Uran, mm. if you're in Colombia, he's the cool. Because you know, Tade went to early in the season, went to Colombia, and they were out partying with Uran. Apparently, you do the the, the Uran circuit, party <laughs> circuit. I feel like he's he's probably he doesn't flash it as much, but he's probably got it. And he because then he goes to Miami. And yeah, he's got it. Seems like he's got it pretty well dialed. Yeah. So Cav crashed out. So he's not going to break the tour record unless he comes back for another year. And there was big pity parties on social media for him. And I, I was also had a moment. I was like, damn it, it would have been cool to have seen history being broken and be in my like prime of cycling as that happened. That would have been cool. But then I was kind of. Should we feel sorry for him for that long? Because at the end of the day, you're you're a professional athlete. You paid a handsome salary to do a job. Now, you haven't made history by breaking that record. But at the end of the day, you still got it pretty good. You still got another season. You still got all your sponsorships. I don't know. Should we feel that bad for that long? Answer is no. And there are just two reasons for it from my perspective. The first... The first this is going to sound really harsh, but I feel like people saying that they're sorry for him is like what your initial reaction was, was that thing of, it was almost like a selfish reaction of, shit, I really wanted to see that. Like, did you not, when he when he kicked in stage <laughs> nine and he got the jump, mm-hmm. I was like, here we go! <laughs> I was like a little boy. Yeah. And then his chain dropped and all the rest of it and he didn't get there. And I was... Yeah, bummed out because there was the moment. And then, of course, the next day you get that news and you do. You feel sad. And I reckon I was sad because I was, I would have loved to see that moment. Okay? Mm-hmm. We should feel sorry for dudes like Sonny Colbrelli. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I've watched that. I haven't watched a GCM Plus film potentially ever, but I watched that one on him because I was really hoping to get a bit of something into his heart condition. But that's a really terrifying slash sad story. About a guy who, yeah, we all know sort of what's what's happened with him. Mm. Died basically for three minutes. Yep, um, came back. That that's that's someone who we should feel sorry for because he's got this going on in his life as well. Yeah, that's that's my take with with Cav. And I, to be fair to Cav, I don't think he wants people feeling sorry for him. Like that's not that's not his go. Okay, you reckon? Yeah, mm. do you reckon? The problem is, it's those, it's those, it's the pity party stories. And the emotion that makes the sport in some of those moments. So you got to have them, but at the same time, we we shouldn't feel bad for a, yeah yeah a professional athlete that still has in the grand scheme of things nothing going wrong. You just haven't become the the goat, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. No, he's the best sprinter in the world ever. Definitely. I I, I yeah. The record mm. the record doesn't mean that much to me personally. Like having to see him break it or not, because I don't think eras are are that relevant across generations. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to see him win again, because one for the old blokes type thing. That was that's <laughs> what got me up, rather than yeah. rather than him getting the 
getting the thing. It's a best sprinter of all time. Oh, it's not, it's not up, not up for debate. Okay. Yeah. I reckon roll him out for one more. Oh, 100%. Come on. Yeah, madness. Madness. It was good so. chat. People saying Ineos should sign him. Well, Viviani is still on the Ineos payroll. Did you know that? Is he? Yeah. What, for track? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, sure. So sign Cav. Sign Cav. Let's go. All right, we're going to roast them? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Oh, it's been a while since <laughs> we've roasted. But this one triggered me, Jesse. This one really triggered me. Thumbnail everything. So uh, GCN video, which was uh, how to try do a Vanderpoel training session. I was like, oh, kind of interesting. And off the bat, back of the um, coach, today's coach being on, all the rest of it. And what I witnessed was the most disgusting <laughs> 10-minute ad for Shimano. 20-minute ad. 20-minute ad. I... I don't know which way to take this because it says ad. Like it, it's not, they're not hiding the fact that it's an ad. So, you know, wh- what can I say? It has the includes paid promotion tab. Like it's all there. It's all obvious. We, we all know the whole Shimano power meter thing, et cetera, et cetera. And this was this, oh, Team Alperson choose to ride the most accurate power meter out there. <laughs> They've got, uh, they leave no uh, stone unturned in the search for the, absolute the best performance and to use the best we need to use the Shimano power meter because it's all got these wonderful accuracies and vector analysis and all this kind of stuff. And maybe I'm just like, well, no, I am quite cynical, but this, this one just set me off. (laughs) Why would Shimano waste money doing an ad? Why don't they just take that money and actually just try and fix it? I don't, I don't understand in the comments. I came straight to the comments as soon as Simon mentioned Shimano and accuracy in the same sentence and I wasn't disappointed. And GCN have hearted the, the, <laughs> hearted the comment. Another one. Uh, Shimano power meters don't have a good rep though. And GCN replied, glad you have enjoyed it. But for some more training content, why not check it out how to climb like a pro? It's <laughs> to be fair, they're not deleting the comments. They say the power meter sucks on, their, on the ad for it. This is a weird, why would they bother? But I think the thing that really triggered me about it is like I got no issue if this was like if the thumbnail was like the the Shimano power meter and it was uh, it was like training with the Shimano power meter or something like that, right? And whatever, it was at least it was in your face. <laughs> yeah. But the 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 whole putting it around the Matthew Vanderpol trying to survive a training it's it's kind of it's the title of a video, the thumbnail of a video that. I don't know, Francis K, or I do, basically. Like, and that's what kind of bugs me because it, it kind of, it's trying to give a sense of rational, like reality, like mm-hmm. not an ad, mm. even though I know it says it's an ad and all the rest of it. So I haven't actually watched it. So they say in there using a power, they say it's a good power meter. Is that what they the say? The most accurate. Is that what? <laughs> actually, who's, who's this bad? For, is this worse from GCN or is this worse from Shimano? So, Okay. You could say Shimano are wasting their money and they should just try and fix it instead of advertising something that clearly doesn't work. That's, you know, you could say that's their prerogative. Or is this bad on GCN for accepting an ad and promoting a product which clearly doesn't work very well? When they would know that. Like, sh- surely GCN know that it's not a good power meter. So if power- so Shimano email you or email the things, oh, we want to do an ad for the Shimano power meter. Can you come on and say it's the most accurate power meter? 
Come on, say no. <laughs> More specific to this video, though, Vanderpoel and his teammates use Shimano power meters so they and their coaches can accurately monitor their every pedal stroke and then afterwards assess their form and fitness when they push on in training and critically to back off. Now, how power meters work, it's really clever, actually. I'll quickly run you through the strain gauges on each crank to measure oh how God. the force <laughs> nature is putting the pedals in additional... So yeah. who's the who's you who's who's at fault here? Who are you dumping why the you, bucket of we, ice on? Why are they flogging a dead horse? This is what I don't get about this. This makes no sense to me. Like, surely at this point, with the accuracy of this power meter, you don't want more information out, or don't <laughs> want more false press about yeah. it. Like, I just this mm -hmm. makes no sense to me. So you still bought one, but you still bought one because you like the look of it. Yeah. So. Why not just do that? Just shut up about it. Mm. People will still probably buy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. I would, and I'm going to call GC. Come on, GCN. Don't accept an ad this. for something that doesn't yeah. work. If Shimano emailed you and said, hey, we want to make <laughs> a training video, we'll give you... The answer probably yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> that answers that. I don't even need to name a price. <laughs> My my okay. My only pushback would be mm -hmm. if okay. So let's say Shimano comes to Chris and says, "Oh, we want you to ten do grand, ten grand, one hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah, yep, yeah." But Five okay, grand. my only ooh, it would come down to this. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, I'm happy to sit here at the table. Sorry, ten grand. I do. I yeah. I'd for in, I'd, yeah. Okay, ten grand was way too much. Yeah. Uh, let's say uh, family yeah. holiday to pay let's for say two, two grand. Yep. Um. Yeah, probably. And and pay for your an hourly rate for the time it takes to do the video. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. As long as I can say it's an ad and yeah, yep. all that stuff. But you have to say it's the most accurate power meter. Ooh. You have to do what GCN did. That's what I'm saying. You have to read their script. Okay. I reckon I would do it yep. if I was reading the script and I was sitting here and I called the video in-depth analysis of the Shimano power meter. And I sat in front of you and I went... Here's the Shimano power meter. It's really accurate at recording power <laughs> most of the time, uh, a lot of the time. Yeah, okay. I reckon I'd do that. Yep. Where I reckon I'd get, I'd get a bit thingy would be, um, you wouldn't do that for two grand. Oh, okay. You would not do that. No, you could not get actually. up here no, and do that. Come on, no, I couldn't do that. Yeah. No. Would you promote a product that you genuinely don't? <laughs> think works or is yep. good. Yep. Mm. Mm. And you were being paid to do it. Oh, see, it'd be different. If someone, if a ketone company was like, mm. could you like do a video with these ketones? Uh, probably no harm, no foul. You know, I wouldn't turn my nose up. But to come on and say the Shimano power meter is the most accurate power meter. I almost think <laughs> we're in a weird position with that because it's almost like if we did it, our audience would almost laugh. There'd be no value in yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are they doing? Are they doing a piss take video? Whereas, yeah, I think if it was something more like ketones, which I don't use, I don't necessarily have an opinion on them, but if I had a script to say, mm -hmm. I don't think I'd have a problem saying that they're the key to my success. I don't know, like whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't particularly have an issue with that. Mm -hmm. So I've spotted... You, okay, the UAE riders have definitely been using this show that. the bra. Okay. They've definitely been using the man bra because you can see it pop out under the bottom of their sleeves. Mm -hmm. So they're definitely cupped. But 
in the last few stages, it looks like Pissy, pissy mm-hmm. have just made a jersey that has this on the sleeves. Have you got a picture there? Can you yeah, show me? I do have a picture. Show so go picture. So on UAE Instagram, and there's a photo here of Mikel Bjerg. And you can see, so it's the jersey. It has a, it's a, the black sleeves, there's a white uh, seam on the inside. And that looks like it's the same strip, but it, it looks like it's actually the sleeve. That doesn't look like a base layer. Is it? He's not it wearing looks, a base layer in that. No. 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 You're right. He's not wearing a bra. So somehow Pissy. No, I'm calling BS on that. Have already have managed to copy the jersey. No, of, pull up. Hang on. Gra- grab that. Grab that aero jersey. You got it there? This one? Yeah, grab that. The bra? No, no, no. Have you got the aero jersey there? Here. Yeah. Look at that. That's you don't not, think that's it? No, no, no. No, it's definitely... So this has the strips on this. The thick strips are sticking out. On the bra... Oh, I see what you... The thin oh. strips are sticking out. So if you zoom in real close, the bits that are sticking out of the jersey are the thin strips, which is same as are the you, bra. Are you the same picture as me? Yeah, Mikel Bjerg on their latest post. That one. Yes. Yep. So if you z- and so even on the first one, oh, the, the first photo there, where you've got uh, Micah. Yeah. Those are strips. So the bit that's sticking out of the jersey is the thin bit. Yeah. So they've – and you, there's, I can't see any base layer under that. So they've already gotten the same fabric. That's 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 interesting. Yeah, that is interesting because it's it's almost as though because that's the difference, isn't it? The the ribbing goes out yes. as opposed to yeah coming. Yeah, in. this is like this is and you would can say like it's embossed because the yes. ribbing goes in, whereas this is on top. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. That's so I don't know how a good spot gotten that so quick. That is a very good spot. Actually, but I guess like with a lot of this stuff, it's not. I mean that that this is probably just a fabric that of you know. I mean, is this made well, specifically not, for Rule Twenty Eight, or is this a fabric that, you know, anyone could get access to? I'm sure it's something anyone can get access to. You'd have to suspect. Um, yeah, there's no base layer being worn there, but there's definitely one being worn there. But you notice because because like, the UAE were running the Mambra all year. Mm-hmm. Jay yep. was running it all yep. year. And now suddenly at the tour, the pissy kit has the same the fabric on the yeah. sleeve. No, so they're just going, right. yeah, that's pretty quick. We'll just go and get access to the same fabric. I wonder who makes that fabric. That would be Let cool. us know, Dom. It's interesting. This, how... So this fabric, mm. the more embossed one, is very common. That's yes. not hard to get at all. Yeah, that's the, that's the, the fabric they use for the socks. Yeah. Yep. yep. This, though, where the ribbing's on the outside, is I haven't seen that before. Yeah. It is really noticeable, though, when... With these guys, when you're running the team leaders or like category leaders jerseys, like like Tade's running a kind of shit jersey. Oh, yeah, yeah. All those marginal gains just go out the window. But that's where the bra comes in because I did see he runs the bra under the white jersey on some stages. Yep, definitely. So that helps. Yeah, true. But yeah, I mean, would that be even comfortable? Oh, so he's got the bra on there. Oh yeah, yeah, he's brought up. I was actually going to put the bra in behind me, but I thought like people watching this for the first time would be like, what the hell has this guy got like a man bra and he's washing up behind him? Yeah. Anyway, 
All right, guys, uh, that's us done this week. JC, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. We'll see you next week. See you then. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.